When Kid Rock released Picture to Radio in late 2002, he wasn't exactly Mr. Congeniality. A sampling of deep cuts from four albums before his cocky album include the booty, you blind, off, and in your mouth. And let's not forget the single that preceded Picture, You Never Met a Mother Quite Like Me. You never met a mother, mother quite like me. I have no idea why that didn't catch on. According to a Rolling Stone article in 2004, Rock's record label wanted nothing to do with Picture. One year earlier, MTV reported that they fought hard against releasing it as a single, thinking it would, quote, ruin the pimp of the nation's image and eventually his career. But he had a secret weapon in Sheryl Crow. Okay, quick sidebar. They never dated you guys. They just acted like it and wrote a song about it and flirted in the music video, which reportedly made Kid Rock's real girlfriend, Pam Anderson, mad. Everybody and welcome to another episode of Stand By Your Band, the podcast where we have comedians come on and defend music that people make fun of. I am, of course, Tom Takar, the Wolf of Dog Street. For another week, I am joined by my sweet co-host, <laughs> my sultry co-host, uh, the Wolf, no, the Dog of Wolf Street. I always mess it up. Tommy McNamara, the Prince of Snarkness. How you doing, buddy? Is that right? I love Cheryl Crow. We are talking about Cheryl Crow. Oh, whoops, I I late. <laughs> but here to talk about Cheryl Crow, we have a man I love, ladies and gentlemen, Pat Byrne. I'm 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 verklempt from <laughs> you telling me that you love me. I'm, I mean, thank you. I didn't. I I we we know we know each other a little bit, and I'm 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 thankful that. Now, is that, that there's love? Does that <laughs> count as an <laughs> "I love you back"? <laughs> we know each other just, a little bit. I'm surprised. I'm just. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I was happy to get the invite. <laughs> you know, listening to the picture just put me in a mood. And, uh... Okay. Yeah. It is one of the greatest love songs yes. of all time. It's a go-to karaoke song if I've got a person with me to sing it. Because uh, the this, the part where he screams is the one of the best parts of music. Yes, the uh, I was, I was off. I was off to drink you away. <laughs> it's yeah. It's something that um, was surprising, as that video was pointing out. Yeah, and it was something that um, you know, for people that were just kind of new to the Kid Rock story, or were familiar a little bit, but then saw that video. They probably were like, I think the hope was to drink some sort of Kool-Aid that it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's he's a country singer, right? We we remember him as being a country singer, right? And right. it's like, no, you don't. Like, <laughs> yeah, no. He, he's, a, he's, he's a cowboy and yeah, an American badass. Of course. Yes. Yep. Um, but he's not... Um, he, wasn't. he had like just a couple of country songs that I remember... What was the other one? I mean, there's Cowboy, obviously, but there's one that's like a slower country song. But, but Only God we, knows why. Can we really call that? I mean, that's like new metal, wasn't it? Mm, wasn't yeah, it, wasn't yeah. it just new metal? Yeah, I guess so. But Only God knows why it felt like he was trying to aim country-ish. I gotta go but, back for that one. But, yeah, yeah. It, but yeah, it's I know what you mean. But yeah, this was them being like, yeah, you know, he wears a cowboy hat sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it is such a weird pairing. Yeah, think of the two of them because she's yeah. 
And she's always had that like sweet. I was a music teacher, like yes. just like straight he's up musician an vibe. American and he's badass. like, I was- <laughs> uh, and the Pussycats. <laughs> yeah, I could knock on Josie and the Pussycats. Um, yeah. Wait, I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I have a soft place in my heart for that song. I don't know why. It's probably not a good song. Um, or your headphones not working. It's okay. It's okay. It's only one of them will work. Okay. So yeah, no it's a it's a bad system. It's um, good. it's a bad podcast, really. No, it's probably. not. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Uh, so what is your relationship to Cheryl Crow? Pam Anderson wanted to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess just you know pop pop radio growing up. Yeah. Um, my older sister, um appreciated it to a level i think i was like you know three years younger than her Mm -hmm. and when those singles were coming out you know 94 Mm -hmm. you know i was kind of like fourth grade going into fifth grade yes if i can date myself um i'm 34 now okay and so like you know these songs were like it was kind of a great time for a lot of pop music at the time because it was just sort of like you know um, I don't know if you guys. I, I know you didn't grow up in New York. Are you both from from Chicago? I, I'm from originally? Indiana originally. Okay, so Midwest. So out here we have this this uh, big our big top forty station in in New York is Z100. Elvis Duran reigned king, and he's still kind of doing that, which is crazy. Uh, but it was a time when like everything was on that station at once. Like you'd hear a Green Day song. And then you'd hear like the song from Night at the Roxbury, like yeah, a, a yeah. dance song. Maybe don't hurt me. There, there'd be a bumper, and then that would play, and it, and then Pearl Jam, and then like Biggie, and then Sheryl Crow, or like you know, it was a little bit early for for Biggie, but you know what I mean, like yeah. a Tupac song or something. Like uh-huh. it, it real. I don't. It would not happen today. I don't think it just was so. They it, had to cover so much ground, <laughs> even though it was like. Top forty, it was. It's still like it was such a. It was casting such a big net. Yeah, yeah. But we were just absorbing it all, and I loved like so much of the radio at the time. And I remember when uh, Tuesday Night Music Club came out, and my sister getting it, or like I think we even just got like the singles, the the singles at the time. Oh, wow. Yeah, and we just had those, and we would play them all the time, and it was great. Um, so like you know, I was absorbing it from her. She would have been, um, let's see, fifth, sixth, seventh grade. So you know, like thirteen, and um, and you know, I was like ten, and it was just you know, like what we liked on off the radio, and I don't know, like I think that was just my introduction, was just hearing hearing the airplay, just the regular, like you know, and then seeing the music videos and stuff like that sure. on, on be it on you know HBO, I'm mean, HBO <laughs> MTV, right, uh, VH1, and at the time the video music box, which I don't know if you guys ah, got, either. I didn't have that, that. I had Fuse. And I had VH1 and MTV. So I think those are the three that I would watch all the time. Video Music Box was, I guess, regional to this area. It was like a little bit crinkly looking. Like it, it was like kind of. It looked like a haze of static, and it was like channel ninety six on even like a regular TV. Like you had to switch to like the UHF channels if you didn't have yeah. cable to get the. It was eventually just shortened to the box. Ah, and and that's where like it was. Video Music Box was like you could call up a nine hundred number. And then get your song played. Like it, it cost money. Yeah. And they wanted you as a kid to like somehow get your get credit your card. Credit card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and pe- the box. and people did it. People did it. And like I guess if there wasn't uh, enough requests, they just played stuff on a loop. But that's where like 
you know, Green Jelly's um, Tale of the Three Little Pigs would play, like, over and over again. Uh-huh. And, like, you know, it was just, like, heavy metal videos, but then, like, you know, for some reason Sheryl Crow would be on there, and, like, just random stuff. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of freeform in that way, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know product of that for sure we had ju- we would have just have gotten cable at this time too like i didn't yeah. i didn't have cable up until that age so, so i think so, i didn't have it until like fourth or fifth yeah. grade also yeah we were like the last kids on the block which is weird yeah hmm. and mac man you're a, you you go way back with cheryl crow correct no, i have like very distinct memories of listening to tuesday night music club in my basement alone as like a it couple days like, ago, it, would, it was like the way that like people talk about like discovering like a really cool band. <laughs> it's like oh, I found this old Replacements album, and me, it was like I found Tuesday Night Music Club, and it like blew my mind. No, but like I would hold it up with Tim, honestly. Yeah. Like, like maybe not Let It Be, but definitely. And I don't mean the Beatles, <laughs> I mean the Replacements, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let It Be, but like or the Clarell Kane, Let It Be. Or the, yeah, I, I love. I she's my hero oh, she's for, for for naming it that. So it's like my favorite thing. I, I thought uh, former guest of the show. Yeah, yeah. and guest. never again. <laughs> you don't yeah. disrespect the Beatles like that. <laughs> we love Claire. Yes, I thought. I thought if I ever put a comedy album out, I want to call it um, "Lose Your Illusion 3. So <laughs> but still not as good as Let It Be. Um, but yeah, so like, um, I would hold it up to to like a Tim kind of album. It's an incredible album. It's yeah. a really good album. And it was like it was an underdog at the time. What are what are the hits from this? Because I never had a Cheryl Crow album. I just heard her all the time. Because we had a station. We have a like a an alt uh, rock station like a in Indiana that's B ninety seven. Or we had ninety two point three was really the the alt rock, I guess. But like they play Cheryl Crow every day. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. you're gonna hear probably multiple times. You're gonna hear all I want to do. And if it makes you happy, and every day is a winding road. Mm-hmm. The, um, the, the 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 later two are from her self titled, which was actually the second album. Okay, which is rare for an artist to have your self titled be your second mm-hmm. album. Yes, but she actually named it Tuesday Night Music Club um, because she didn't want to be a solo artist. She actually tried that years earlier, and it didn't work out. And then she became kind of a songwriter for people like Celine Dion and and some others. And so she was just kind of cutting her teeth in the music industry as a failed solo artist and a songwriter. And she was in a band based in L.A. that would meet on Tuesday nights. And for lack of a better imagination, they named their band Tuesday Night Music Club. Right. When they got signed, that was going to be the album. It was going to be like the album, whatever it's called, or maybe self-titled by uh-huh. Tuesday Night Music yeah. Club. You know. And, um, and they were like, no, we want to call it Cheryl Crow. And so, wow. as, as a sort of a compromise and a tribute to her band, which she, you know, was touring with at the time sure. before, before they got, you know, signed, they were like touring the country in like a car and a U-Haul or something like that. This is uh, like from what I'm remembering from VH1, whatever special yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, behind the music, maybe. Uh, and then the 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 compromise was like, yeah, we're going to name the album Tuesday Night Music Club. Um, and they were like, but the Tuesdays wouldn't last forever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> totally that. It always rains on Tuesdays. <laughs> there actually was some kind of crazy stuff that happened, but uh, we'll get into that. Uh, but the, to answer your question, uh, all I want to do was, was the, was, right. was the kind breakout of, hit. Was the breakout like, first single, which was smart. Um, Strong Enough was a big contender on yes. that. Yes. Uh, leaving Las Vegas and... Um, 
That re- was my song, by the way. That was the one. I was obsessed with leaving us. Really? Yeah. Oh my god. I I um I didn't list it in the one in the list that I gave you, um. But there is a story about that song. But I really um, a song that I don't even know if it was a single, but it definitely um is a in my opinion of like kind of a standalone song on that album is uh, Can't Cry Anymore. Yes. Which is a, a big, big tune. Yeah. Good production all across that album, but like really something special on that happening on that track, I think. Uh, let's play it now. No, no, that's Can't Cry Anymore. Leaving that's, that's, Las Vegas. That's no, Can't I was Cry just Anymore. watching that movie <laughs> while you played it. That is Can't Cry Anymore. Okay. That was the okay. song when I started listening to this album again as an adult. Yeah. That was, I was like, oh, this is the best song on the album. Right. It's yeah. just like, it's there's so much um, heart in it, and yeah. there's like hooks, but also just like, it's, it's, a, it's a really nice balance of like hooks, um, emotion and just it's just a really it, the whole the whole album's it's a great album writing but it's also good songwriting yeah so that just really makes things stand out and like a testament to 90s production is um that sort of really loud drum sound mm-hmm. where you could really fucking hear those drums throughout everything like if i i went back and uh when we were doing the the meet my friends like through line of 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 me being obsessed with the spin doctors and stuff, yep. like I went yeah, yeah. back and listened to so much of that, and I was like, oh my god! Like either this drummer was amazing, or he was, or he was very specific in the studio about how he wanted everything like. <laughs> but that was like ninety one or ninety two spin doctors, and it really like became a style of just like listen to how loud those drums are on everything yeah. from like ninety two to like. Pretty much through the end, it's it, it was just like I've never heard anything like it. Like guitar is very like kind of trebly and and clear. Mm. Um, bass is, is more than audible, but the drums are like so um, equal to to the to the voice, which yeah. are like you know they're not every other decade you'd you, you'd hear them like buried in the mix. You know, I don't I know. Was, yeah. uh, I read an interview with her where she that's like really important to her. Too is she said like when they asked her like what kind of music she like do you like she's like anything with the drum beat like she's like that's the most important thing to her so like she hates music without drum beats <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 true man if it's got a beat you can dance to it and uh, I I can't remember this about her I meant to look it up before but I think she was like a backup singer yeah for for Michael Jackson Michael Jackson should we get yeah. into that and first of all before we start yeah 
What do you think about his crimes? <laughs> Defend I, them. Defend them. <laughs> I, I haven't, I haven't seen either documentary. Oh, okay. yeah. But like, I was, I was somebody from the beginning. Like one of my, I remember my, one of my first tweets in 2009. If I can also date myself, but <laughs> me with like 18 followers. Um, my tweet was, um, "Today's the today's the second anniversary of uh, Michael Jackson's death day." Um, or, or as I call it, National Children's Safety Day. <laughs> and I mean, it's not like it's yeah, not like yeah. that funny, but yeah. like it was the first thing that I, I was like, oh, I get what Twitter's for. Like you, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you it's for joke writing. You, yeah. can, you can write a joke based and on taking today's, down Michael Jackson. Today's news. So like, so yeah, that's I'll I'll leave it at that. So this is from an interview she did the day he died mm-hmm. with Anderson Cooper, and he's kind of asking her like what it was like being on tour with Michael Jackson, yes. and she goes into these two stories. That- Wait, before before you play, before I. Forget was it Prince as well? Was he? Was oh, he I, don't, I don't know if uh, I saw Prince. She on toured there. with the she toured Eagles. With the Eagles, um, yeah. But Michael Jackson was the big one. Eagles. Yeah, people get so mad when you say the Eagles. No, she was with the Philadelphia Eagles. That is true. <laughs> and then she got she traded. Was the punter for a couple seasons. Yeah. <laughs> and then she sang "Can't Punt Anymore" <laughs> famously. Okay, it was in Silver Linings Playbook. All I want to do is punt the ball. Okay, this is her talking about being on tour with Michael Jackson. I can remember vividly going to Disneyland and being on a ride with him, and he wouldn't let the ride stop. And I, by the end of it, I was just absolutely ill. And he just thought it was the funniest thing that he'd ever seen. So before we go to the second story, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say it. That's abuse. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing funny about weird. that. Yeah, he's like, yeah, she made me. Uh, he made me throw up by not letting me get off a roller coaster. <laughs> Isn't yeah. that hysterical? <laughs> <laughs> Because we're going to ride it again <laughs> and again, it's like a horror and movie. Again. <laughs> yeah, he's like that little saw guy. <laughs> he jigsaw. Look like <laughs> he's just looking straight, not like not turning to her. You yeah. said you liked roller coasters. <laughs> All right, this is the other part. I also think I remember a story you told uh, on somewhere about uh, uh, Bubbles the Chimp. Was Bubbles on the tour as well? Yeah, Bubbles was on the tour, and and really by this time in Bubbles' um, life, he was much too big and strong to have out uh, in public, let alone on a tour. So he didn't make the whole tour, but, you know, he was out, and I can remember sitting with Michael and him, poking him in the chest with a ballpoint pen, saying that's the only way you can get his attention, you can get him to stop doing what he's doing. So Anderson Cooper is laughing like that's a funny actor. Yeah, yeah. And what but, she's saying. But but he's also I'm I'm watching this video off of off of Tommy's laptop yeah. and I'm looking at Anderson Cooper's face and he's also fighting a lot of strange emotion. Yeah. I, think, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do want to say uh, the reasons that they explain why Bubbles can't be on the road anymore, that's why I stopped touring. I've the... gotten too big and strong. <laughs> yeah. At the point uh, there's a point in everyone's life where you get too big and strong to tour. <laughs> It's funny that a monkey went on a tour bus before I did. But the whole, <laughs> the whole story is the monkey was really big and they would poke it with a pen. That's yeah. the whole story. Yeah, and Anderson Cooper can't get it <laughs> That's just really funny to Anderson Cooper. Good God. <laughs> so defend that. Yeah, defend that. And Michael Jackson's crimes. Oh, man. Uh, I, I will say... Um, this week, I've been thinking a lot about Alien Ant Farm and the and Smooth criminal, yes, and how the better version of that song, in my opinion, one hundred percent distorted the guitars. I was talking to my boss uh, at work about that specifically, and I was surprised he remembered the Alien Ant Farm cover because he's a lot older than me. But he was yeah. like, "Oh, I love that." Be funny like, if it turned out it up, was 
the lead singer of Alien Ant Farm. <laughs> he brought it up first, and I was like, and I was like, wow. Uh, but no, he like um, we started talking about that, and I started thinking about what that must have been like for the, the Michael Jackson estate to approve because it was when he was still alive. So like, wh- who approached him, yeah. and, and what was that conversation like? Um, like, hey, there's a band called Alien Ant Farm. <laughs> 20 years after this song was out yeah that wants to cover this okay sure so <laughs> like you know like, i don't know what what went into that conversation what kind of royalties we talking but like <laughs> he probably wanted to make like a like make sure that he was not going to be made fun of like maybe i would love to find out like what went into that like did did he have to hear the final mix of the song and like hear how it was done yeah and 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 if he did i'm sure he was like oh this is great i bet he was like this fucking rules <laughs> but but then then out comes the music video and they're clearly making fun of him yeah <laughs> there's a guy in a monkey suit there, there's there's a um, i don't even remember that i oh. don't remember yeah. the video at all all i remember there was a live monkey yeah and, and there was a little kid really? there was a little kid doing michael M- michael jackson dance moves wearing one glove and the hat and doing all this stuff damn and then the singer of alien ant farm was wearing the striped shirt and and the glove Wow. So, yeah. So they leaned really hard so, in. So I'm sorry to answer your question, but Alien Ant <laughs> Farm has been on my mind <laughs> for a few days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I heard that version before the Michael Jackson version in the movie American, one of the American Pie movies it was in, I believe. And I was like, this fucking rules. Yeah. I'm going to really love good. Alien Ant Farm forever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are really good. Uh, Hell yeah. Yes. Sure. How much free falling is is in that? Yeah, yes. And uh, and how much just regular Tom Petty in general is in that song? But, uh-huh. but um, her yeah. voice even sounds a little Pettyish in there. Yeah, this album this album has like ten. It leans in tendencies towards Petty. There's a, there's there's one track, uh, the Na 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 song. That's kind of like almost an homage to uh, Dylan and that um, I think Don't Look Back. Whatever that song is, where he's dropping the cards, you know, in the in the video. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, 
that that's a big tune. It has a big build up, and then you finally get there. And uh, you know, there's there's that petty song that's like, uh, or no, there's that petty quote where he's like, "Don't bore us, get to the chorus," yes. yeah. uh, which she kind of did there. She kind of did bore us, yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, there's a big payoff, so it's like you know. Mm-hmm. Here's oh yeah, I'm I'm glad you're bringing this up. Yes, oh, very I'm glad dark. you're bringing this yeah. up. I don't have an article. I have uh, or do you have the do you have the, the David Letterman clip of her? I don't have the where I have the the like. This was by oh the I do way, have the article pulled up from Uproxx. This was the the juiciest part of her behind the music for VH1. Oh yeah, for wow. sure. One of the one of the uh... so she performed the song, uh, which is the title is based on uh, is it John O'Brien? Was yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. John He's O'Brien's like... book Leaving Las Vegas, which yes. inspired the film Leaving Las Vegas. Right, and in between him doing that, well, there's this Letterman interview where she performs the song Breakout Star. She's, Letterman she, loves one, the song. One of her first, yes, one of her first talk show appearances. Yes, Letterman loves it. He calls her over. He waves her over, and he asks her. Is this song autobiographical? Well, it was a, it was a regular interview. I mean, like no, you know. no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't like you know Carson calling. Like he, she, she was guaranteed panel. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. it was like no, contractually like part th- of I'm, it. That's not how we're telling this story. <laughs> <laughs> I think she he was. I think it. it was like he says. Oh, that title! I've never heard anything like this before. Fuck those commercials! Bring her over here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in this new CBS seat. I'm calling the shots. He just starts it's like he gives a Byron Allen. Yeah. He's like, no, what do you think about having fun? <laughs> should, there do. should be a Byron Allen type show for musicians. <laughs> now, I hear you like to sleep during the month of September, Billy Joe. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, you the Beatles, how do you feel about the day before today? <laughs> You mean yesterday? <laughs> uh, yeah, so she she's in the interview. She yep. says that the song is autobiographical. It's about her life, which, uh, according to her, the song facts about this, uh, the lyrics reflect Crow's life but are not literal. She left a small town in Missouri to make it in L.A. Leaving Kinnett would ma- wouldn't make a great song title since this was Crow's first album. Uh, many fans assumed the lyrics were her life story rather than a, than a representation. Right. She she fucked up basically big time, mm-hmm. and the band was pissed at her, and John O'Brien was so pissed at her that well, people suspect. I don't know if I should be the one that, that reveals this, but but uh, but I will say <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say the band was pissed. She didn't, you know, talk show interviews go fast. You're on TV. You're not used to it. I don't think it, she had done a lot of interviews. I think. I will defend her by saying this. I think she was nervous, mm-hmm. <laughs> and in what I, from what I remember, in the VH1 piece, she was like it really like fucked her up the whole experience. Like, yeah, it really totally. shook her. Yeah, and she, you know, she's being interviewed by David Letterman. She's on on TV. It's going out. It's going fast. She wanted to be like most of it's autobiographical, yeah. but it was written by my band, who both them and I were also very inspired by this book of the same name by the brilliant John O'Brien. If she had just done that, nothing, yeah. Nothing would have happened. But she I think she intended to do something like that, but you know, Dave took a quick turn and she wasn't ready for it or she was nervous and forgot. Like she's just on T V, the cameras are there, the lights are there. Like I know what can happen. Not that I've been there, but I like I I Oh yeah. I know that like, you know, things are like that are totally possible. So not saying not her fault. She totally fucked up, and she owns 
up to mm-hmm. that. Um, but uh, I did. I did start this podcast by saying a man I love. <laughs> so I understand that when the mics are rolling, you say things. <laughs> no. And I, I did I, hear you say that I, you wrote "Leaving Las Vegas" earlier. <laughs> I was. I was. I appreciated that. And, and um, yeah. So, but um, was it a couple days after this interview? Yeah, it wasn't immediate. Yeah. Yes, that's uh, John O'Brien uh, uh, killed himself in the room. And part of the narrative for some people, like he saw that letter that Yes, yeah. It's like even his family is like that's not right. They were like yeah. he was just depressed, and like the mo- the movie was already getting made. He or it was about to be get- mm. stars greenlit. Yeah, yeah, and he it was before the movie actually began shooting, uh, and before the song started getting heavy airplay. Right. Uh, that he uh, committed suicide, but yeah, it's it, he had been depressed before that. Yeah. Although his suicide note did say uh, <laughs> uh, "fuck Cheryl Crow," yeah, it was your David fault. Uh, I get no respect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it also went into like Dave should have never left NBC. It was really specific and like really weird that they would go that far. Jay's into... in my closet right now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Who's this Conan guy? Yeah. I know I could just switch channels, but I won't. Like <laughs> too much going on. A masturbating bear. Yeah. What the hell? I don't like Andy. It was like <laughs> it just went on and on. Did you um, guys see Leaving Las Vegas the movie? I didn't. And I, I haven't seen it either. And I, I've wanted to check out the book too. Yeah. Um, which if if I could honor John O'Brien in any way, I could at least do that. Yeah. And read the guy's yeah. book. But I just we could just listen to the song. Honestly, it's the oh, same God. thing. <laughs> it's no, like I, we were I there. Wanna, I I, I want to read it for sure. But the the movie seems so, so depressing. Is, who's in the movie? Uh, Nicholas, Nicholas Cage, Cage who won an Shoe. Oscar for it, and yes. Elizabeth Shue, who might have also won an Oscar for it. Uh, but yeah, it's like maybe one of the most depressing movies I've ever seen in my entire yeah. life. Com- yeah, comes out like. 95 or something, something. Like so like yeah. a year yes. after the album so yeah. my it was like me and five of my college friends we were like really hung over on like a sunday it was oh, like a no. big party weekend and it was like oh nicholas cage movies on tv this will be hilarious watched, we just watched it thinking it'd be like face off oh, <laughs> it was just this movie about a man drinking himself to death and it's yeah. just like it was like one of the most harrowing sundays of my yeah, entire life i've seen pieces of it uh but i've never seen the actual full movie because it was a uh, yeah it's but it just seemed yeah. very much a downer it's a hangover movie the, in the same realm of uh hangover <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Well, he, he does see a killer hangover shit. movie <laughs> <laughs> i mean it is in vegas too <laughs> oh wow <laughs> and he does find a baby <laughs> what, what happens there did no. not necessarily manchester by the sea is what i was trying to think oh, of t- which t- i watched totally hungover thing, yeah, yeah. Not a movie you want to see hung There over. is one thing from Leaving Las Vegas that I still do sometimes to this day, mm-hmm. which I think is a very funny thing, which is he's uh, trying to get the waitress's attention so he can get another beer, and he keeps yelling, nurse, nurse. Oh, yeah, that I is good. That. That's a great line. It was I hope that was in the book. I, I, None I of us will ever know, yeah. but <laughs> we won't even check. It's impossible to find we, out. We won't even check it out on Audible. We won't. <laughs> Um, what if Cheryl Crow reads the Audible <laughs> book as an apology? She just sings it all and no, riffs in between. It's like, it's, it, but there's an afterword that's just like her apologizing for the whole thing um, on behalf of the family and everything. No, it's her and David Letterman going back. No, no, what if it's David Letterman still talking about how much he likes the song as the afterword? Yeah, and he still won't acknowledge the book at all. <laughs> it's really, it's really crazy that like. That 
that wasn't a single at the time of her Letterman thing. Yeah. But like Letterman in his new court of CBS was like, I call the shots. I'm going to like, you know, yeah, what are the odds? Let, yeah. Play that one. I like that one the best. Like, that's yeah. like, weird. It's yeah. very it's, weird. It's kind of like maybe she played the hit. And then, like, instead of doing a second, instead of maybe as like a credits thing, yeah, no, because no, they did the interview afterwards, right, right, right. So it would have had the bit. That's just crazy, very to me. weird. And then her yeah. in her stand up set at the end yeah, of the show, she did the whole thing. She did all three things you can do. She also did the monologue. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Top ten reasons why <laughs> I wrote why this is this why this song was autobiographical and was not based on a book by John. Number one, people okay. in the comments of this one I uh, really don't like her there uh let's see in the comments of that of the song the, fa- no oh, of the, the song facts. facts about this it's i never thought cheryl crow had much vocal talent and this song proves it Damn. or is it supposed to sound this bad for those of you who grew up in the 70s you might remember chucky's uh in love by ricky lee jones uh llv reminds me of ricky singing about chucky hideous no but Ugh. it's 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 like i didn't put it on the list that i sent you it's not my, it's not one of my favorites off that album but it completes the album. Like it's, it is. Yep. I do recognize it as a good song that like completely fits this story of a beginning, middle, and end that's told in Tuesday Night Music Club. Yeah. Um, that being said, I do <gasps> appreciate and I do love her follow-up, her <clears throat> self-titled album, the one that comes after. But I don't mean to. But we still have some Tuesday jump ahead. Music yeah. Clubs yeah. too. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and let's do as a palate cleanser to all the suicide talk. Let's yes. listen to all I want to do. <laughs> This is such a weird thing to listen to right after that. It ain't no country club either. (laughs) That that line right there, this is this ain't no this ain't no country club either. Yeah. Is a ref it's two double reference. Um which you might guess, but uh it's it's this this ain't no blank is a is obviously a reference to the talking heads. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Um and but in that song, and you know David Byrne sings, um, "This ain't no mud club, no CBGBs. CBGB stands for Country Bluegrass Blues." So she's doing double ah. reference. She's doing an un- she, she, she's doing like a really reference of a reference for the CBs people of New York City. Yeah, by addressing it as a country club. Mm-hmm. So she's she's you know I don't know. Just pointing that out. Sorry, sorry to. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> not play the song, but yeah. And when she says, this is L.A. She's talking about uh, La La Land. La La Land. <laughs> the movie. Yeah. You're in the jungle, baby! <laughs> You're gonna die. You're gonna have fun. <laughs> okay. Apparently that's a real bar that she's talking about. There's a bar on Formosa that's across from a car wash. But she makes a point of saying, I've never had a beer at noon at a bar. It's like, how lame. Great harmony. Subtle.
So apparently uh, it says, okay. And Great work of syllables there. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is uh, based on a poem uh, called Fun from, uh, what's her name, Wynn Cooper. So, Winnie yeah. Cooper from... from <laughs> I was just thinking yes. of that. What a strange name to have. Yeah, Win Wonder Cooper. Years. So she just picked up this book of poetry from a yeah. used bookstore, and then she, I mean, fully credited it. wasn't like a... Uh, yeah, I hope, I hope the poet thing. got... got Got some coin there. So, no, they made a bunch of money off it. They ended up, they'd only pressed like 500 copies of the book and they ended up doing like two reprints just based on people buying awesome. it because of this song. So they made a bunch of money off it, That's which is real. cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is why I leave books of my poetry all over the city and hope <laughs> and, that a songwriter will find it. And them. I go and I buy a Jerry Seinfeld sign language book and read it on stage. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I love is, is, uh, well, first of all, the, the, this time of the 90s, like, Jacob Dylan must have been like, fuck, when he heard this song, <laughs> you know? Because yeah. it's like, it's it's a female, attractive, with a great voice person basically doing her dad and doing it, like, so well that it's, like, relevant again and it's a pop hit. It's, yeah, like, yeah. something that he couldn't even imagine <laughs> yep. as the spawn of this person to, like, achieve. <laughs> and he came out with the wall flares. He's like, no, nobody. Anybody? Uh, <laughs> I do love the wall flares. Me too. That, that album. Bring I, it on the horse. I have a story off mic to tell you about that album and Bob Dylan. Oh, okay. Walking around Hoboken. But uh, there's so many great lines in that song. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to ask for anyone's favorite, but one of mine is... Uh, Billy likes to pull the labels off his b- bottles yes. of pop. <laughs> I never knew what that meant. And then, you know, later in life, you know, and I'm I'm a non-drinker, but like anytime I got something at a bar and I, I always look at the people who are doing something like that. Pulling the labels, yeah. yeah. I had a friend named Vin, people called him Skinny Vinny, who would carve a V when, when the condensation reached a point on, on whatever bottle he was drinking. He would carve a V into the label. Ah. And uh, it's basically talking about sexual frustration. Right, people, right. People say, you know, well, who isn't sexually frustrated, honestly? But that, that that's that's like a trait. You you you, put, you mm-hmm. delabel something. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I I digress. Huh. Yeah. That's such a. I don't know if that's true. If people always say you're sexually frustrated, if you're uh, yeah, if you're peeling the thing, but. If you just like peeling off labels, I'm yeah. not trying to solicit sex. I'm OCD. I mean, that's why I think I do it. But yeah, yeah. I mean, who isn't sexually frustrated? I, I always loved the uh, the imagery of the match part of where he's like burning the matches down to his fingers. I don't know why that always yeah, really stuck out to yeah. me as a kid. That's really intense. Yeah. Also, it's just like yeah, it's 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 painting a picture of bar culture when you're not young enough to understand it. Totally. In our opinion, yeah. like in our yeah. When you heard it, yeah. Growing up, like I was just like, "What? Is that what it's like?" You know, like our our reference for bars was Cheers and The Simpsons, like most tavern, yes. yeah. Think, you know. So it painted like an image and it's a great it's great production. I think it's unlike anything else on the album production-wise. Mm-hmm. With the um <clears throat> pedal steel. The pedal steel is great on it, yeah. And it almost serves as this like drunk person narrative of like weaving in and out of like bars and storytelling and events and it's it's i don't know it's it's a nice um i don't know it's a she nice mechanism yeah did not put it on the album yeah and her brother told her he thought it was going to be a big hit yes incredible so it's actually the man yes men are smart <laughs> men are smart <laughs> let's end on that <laughs> she was like it's not a good song <laughs> I want to thank everybody. <laughs> he was like, "Honey, put the song on." He was dice. <laughs> uh, we should listen to Jared's uh, voice yeah. before we get uh, too much further into this show. If you want to 
hand me that little cord over there. So we have a weekly segment on this show Whoops. where we go to our uh, friend and foe of the show, the owner of the Comedy Attic in beautiful Bloomington, Indiana, where they will be having Limestone Comedy Festival just less than a month from today. Seems so. like we're not going to be asked to do it this year. <laughs> uh, yeah, are we're they, still waiting to get our uh, Are they homies with the, um, the Flanagraph people? They are, yes. 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 Shout, out, shout out to Jared. Yeah, was, we love uh, Jared. I was shocked last year because I did not, and I saw this table at the Limestone Comedy Festival. I was like, best show merch and all this stuff. I was like, oh, and shit. And Mary Houlihan's Mary Houlihan's album. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Brett Davis stuff. I was like, this is crazy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Great uh, label. Check out Flanagraph. Uh, we love them. Uh, and this is uh, Jared's thoughts on Cheryl Crow. Let me make sure the volume's up here. There we go. What's up, y'all? It's this week's They Went to Jared. The boys are going to have a guest on defending Cheryl Crow. Uh, let me just first say, a lot of times on this podcast, you know, I kind of deflect a lot of my anger because I don't know a lot about, like, pop stars and, you know, like, you know, like you know, singers who make music for children or whatever. Like, I don't really know that much about it, so I just kind of like, ah, oh, maybe it's kind of fun or whatever. I want to give my full-throated, 100% disdain for and disgust for Sheryl Crow oh. because she absolutely, in every way, knows better and still has become an insidious pile of shit in every single way possible as a singer. I mean, she likes the Beatles. She worked with Michael Jackson, among others. So she completely knew all along what she was doing. In the same way that I hate like the Bare Naked Ladies or Aerosmith or the Red Hot Chili Peppers, these are people who completely understand how to make good music and have just chosen to make a despicable pile of shit. And that's exactly what Sheryl Crow has been every second that she's ever been on her own as a singer. Her first album is completely bullshit. Every song she's had since then has sucked. When she's tried to do covers of other people's music, they've been terrible. Her song with Kid Rock is one of the most despicable pieces of shit that has ever existed in history. I don't even care if she's like a social justice warrior. She is a complete flaming pile of shit in every single way possible. I hate her more than maybe any other singer because she completely knows how to be good and just isn't. She sucks. I hate her. Fuck off. Bye. Someone's team Pam Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't listening. Jared liked that one? I was... <laughs> I should, we didn't really give you a fair warning because we uh, we started talking about flannel graph. Jared hates most of the music we talk about on the show, and gotcha. he leaves. He's our he's our uh, snark master of the show. I'd call, is that what you'd call him, Tommy? That snark master. What 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 we just heard was was a master at work. <laughs> okay, I'm just making sure I understand he that to term. Have created the podcast uh-huh. uh, because he shits on music all uh-huh. the time. I'm, I am beside myself that now I now I've. I've experienced a master craft. <laughs> Damn. 
He so, did use the argument that I always use when I talk about why I hate John. John Mayer. Mayer yeah, yes, that's exactly what we both. That, that he's yeah. so good at guitar, and, and he makes this bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And what a tall man. That's I the biggest that thing I hate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I hate. I hate how tall he is too. <laughs> and wants and to do comedy, handsome. and it's annoying. Oh, that's the worst part. I think that's really. We'll what save I that for the John Mayer. Episode. Yeah, we need yeah. to do a John Mayer. Episode. So, uh, anyway, what are your, what's yeah. your response to that um, hate speech? <laughs> Never heard him that angry. Oh, I don't know why, what the social justice warrior. <laughs> honestly, it sounds Jared like hates snowflakes. <laughs> it, it it honestly sounds like he hasn't heard much of her. And if he's if this is a regular segment, and he does this a lot. Then it sounds to me like he maybe phoned this one in. Like I think even he doesn't know how much he hates her. You well, know he did I mean? call it in. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, but I I I don't think literally. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he. I don't believe it. I don't believe how much. Well, to he say hates the first him. album sucks. We've been listening to this first album. It's a great album. It's a great album. <laughs> yeah, I think it's. Uh, I like. I like equally the second and the first. It's kind of tied for first, in my opinion, in a weird way. But um, yeah, I don't. I think. I think you got to. Uh, you you got to go to school, son. On 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 Cheryl Crow. <laughs> He's gonna love that. And and I think you gotta. You gotta. You know, dig the roots before you. Uh, sprawl out on the branches and start throwing eggs on everything. This is the first time I want this, but Jared, if you're listening, I'd love to hear a follow-up. Maybe we can put it on Patreon or something. <laughs> just, I want to hear. <laughs> I and feel like there's we'll, more. We'll give you Pat's address. And, yeah. uh, I'll give you my, I'll give you my, my personal cell, <laughs> which is 917. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, and you'll have to guess the other eight. But um, In addition to going to Jared, we also go to my friend group on Facebook, and I post, we're talking Cheryl Crow tonight Do you on the pod. Do have on Facebook yet? And he crushes those. Is Did that you a thing? This thing, the new mm-hmm. Facebook. Oh, I've man. never joined. Um, believe it or not, I'm in the yeah, I couldn't find you on there. Uh, but did. so you are, we're not at risk of seeing what people's thoughts were yet. But uh, yeah, I posted. Uh, we're talking Cheryl Crow tonight on the pod. If you had thoughts, and a lot of people did. Uh, Mike Carraza, uh, the creator of our theme song, good man, good comic in Toronto area now, writes. Uh, I feel like pictures surprised us all. I think more from the Kid Rock side, mm-hmm. like they were saying, than Cheryl Crow. Uh, Alex Price writes she should be tried for war crimes for the for picture. Uh, and for her social justice. <laughs> <fight>. <laughs> Jason V. Leonard wrote, if Lance Armstrong had to lose a nut to be with her, Kid Rock should have lost his vocal cords. Now, that is why uh, Lance Armstrong lost his uh, his testicle, correct? Um, <laughs> he was with her. <laughs> no, actually. he. Um, I I believe, and I this is just from what I remember, but... Um it was t- it was testicular cancer. It was that, and yeah. not that she had some sort of weird troll toll for him to pay <laughs> right. to be with him. But um, <laughs> Jerry's still out, in my opinion. <laughs> I was surprised. I looked at her Wikipedia today before doing this, and I couldn't believe it. she's never been married. She was engaged, but she was, she's always married. been a yeah, single, do it her own way yeah. lady, and I really respect that. And I think her kids are just she just adopted. She adopted kids, a boy, right? or yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe more than one. Yeah, I think she has two. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that um, makes sense. Uh, Patrick McDonough writes, uh, if it, if it makes you happy, bops, and the lyrics are pretty cool, too. Yeah, it's my go-to karaoke. Oh, Great nice. song. I, I, I have, was thinking about that today when I was listening to it. I was like, this is one for the old karaoke bank. I want to, and I, it's actually in my range, believe it or not. I, ah. I can hit, I can hit the, uh, the highs of that Ooh. pretty well. So if you ever want to double up on some piano. Oh, yeah, I would love to. Do some comedy, <laughs> some comedy yoki. Uh, <laughs> I, I did a, a show on WFMU called Prove It All Night, and we had a live factor of that. We had a like a variety show once a month, and sometimes those had themes, much like uh, Brett Davis does the special, which is winding down, 
for some reason I had to plug that. Uh, but uh, on Prove It All Night, I had a Mods versus Rockers episode. And if you want, I'll send you this clip. Um, <clears throat> for, the, for the climax of the, of the Mods versus Rockers, we had like a, a middle part where like they, they, they call me out for being neither, and it's revealed that under my shirt I'm wearing a, a T-shirt that just says Cheryl Crow in big block letters and nothing else. <laughs> and then to pay it off at the very end, um, I realized that David Bowie's um, Heroes is in the same key as um, if it makes you happy. So, <clears throat> so I start. We start closing the show singing "Heroes." Yeah. David Bowie somehow, as he had recently passed at that point, he was like a ghost star that like was a shining light and guided us. And it was like this funny ending with that. Oh, like like all the characters are on stage. Here we go out, and then <clears throat> I grab the mic, start singing "Heroes," and then I got the band, the backing band, to like segue. So it went from like. Uh, like just for one day, and if it makes oh, you happy, and then like it just, <laughs> and it went in like, and, and I, and then they all boo me and like push me aside, and I'm like trying to high five everybody, and that's they're just amazing. like leaving me on stage alone, and, and that's how that's how we ended the show. But those songs go together, karaoke enthusiasts, check it out. Oh yeah, I'm excited to get that in there. Uh, let's see. Peter uh, Lyrene writes, uh, the first time I heard Soak Up the Sun was from the boombox a skinhead punk was holding above his head while skateboarding down the street. Oh, wow. So I think she that is very uh, odd. Uh, Ron Trinbath writes, I always thought that her name was far too badass to be associated with such bland, boring music. Also, we didn't give Joan Osborne the attention that Cheryl got after one hit song. I guess every day truly is. A winding road. Uh, Samantha Ruddy, friend of the show, writes, She's a queen to uh, one of the greatest 20th century singer-songwriters. Three, all her songs are about being a drunk stoner who just wants to fuck and lay on the beach. But Not it turns true. out she's a fucking marathon runner with a vegan cookbook, and I feel betrayed. Oh, we got two more than I. You noticed. should feel enlightened, actually. <laughs> that's a that's a bait and switch, and you're in your favor. <laughs> so, uh, Rachel McCartney writes, "Home" is a great song, and so is pretty much everything else on her self-titled. She also made a good amount of political slash anti-war music. This is that SJW stuff we were hearing about earlier. Uh, for a mainstream artist at that time, she's just unfortunately known for her blandest stuff. That's interesting. You know, Walmart wouldn't put Tuesday Night Music Club in their stores. Because because she had a line, one of the songs that said, um, it was like calling an irony to, um, you know, the gun, uh, anti-gun movement. It was like, it's like, well, Walmart sells, it was like, well, it was a throwaway line, but it was like, well, it was like, while Walmart sells guns to kids or like, mm. you know, Damn. guns and bullets and, and they wouldn't stock the album. And it's like, that was so fucking awesome. Cause I, I also, I'm sure you guys maybe do too, but, uh, not a big fan of Walmart. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I grew up in a town in, oh, I mean, the part of Bloomington that I'm from, the Walmart was like the main place to Only hang game out. in town. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> so I grew up loving Walmart, but, <laughs> but in retrospect, it's not that cool. I have, to, uh, I have to say something right now. I just looked up Cheryl Crow's vegan cookbook. Can I want to see? It's a pun. I uh-huh. want to see on one of her songs. Can you guys guess the title? This is a new game we're playing of the vegan cookbook of Cheryl Crow. Can you guess the title of Cheryl Crow's vegan cookbook? It's based on one of her songs, and it is a pun. Uh, let's see. I will let you guys take guesses, and I will if I maybe give clues based on how long it takes. Uh, let's see. Damn. If it makes you vegan, you're on the right track. Damn. 
If it makes you dinner, <laughs> still on the right track. All I want to do is eat vegan. <laughs> that, uh, that would be a pretty unwieldy title. <laughs> let's see. In parentheses, is eat vegan. <laughs> um, it makes you. Uh-huh. Is it? Is it in the? If it makes you family. Yes, yeah. Okay. <laughs> if it makes you family. <laughs> if it makes you family. <laughs> that was the Olive Garden <laughs> slogan she did. <laughs> Uh, if it makes you healthy, that's it. Yes, if it makes you healthy. That is great. I would have also accepted all I want to chew. <laughs> Not in, the title. in parentheses. <laughs> uh, last thing I want to read from Facebook. Or can't fry anymore. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Uh, or leaving Los. What's a Mexican restaurant? Los, with Los Toros. No, uh, <laughs> Dos Toros. Uh, damn yeah. it. <laughs> leaving Dos Toros. <laughs> Los, uh, Los Pollos Locos. <laughs> Kyle Ayers writes, uh, she's great. Saw her at Bonnaroo last year, and she kept making everyone cheer who was born after she'd written whatever song she was about to play. That's a weird thing. For real, thing. she is awesome. <laughs> yeah, that is a weird thing to do. And it's like uh, a little sad. I do that with my old-ass jokes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who here was born? <laughs> who here was born before the man with two dicks? There's got to be someone. Uh, Pat, have you ever seen her live? I haven't. I've always wanted to, and I should have. I, I wish uh, I went to that Cheryl Crow and Friends in Central Park concert. Oh, that would be amazing. I don't know if that was the one where Prince showed up, but um, my girlfriend, Mindy, who at some point is probably listening to this, and hey, Mindy, uh, this this week she was just like, I like walked into the room and found her just watching a clip somebody posted on uh, on Twitter of um, <clears throat> Cheryl Crow singing... Uh, one of her songs, I can't remember which one, uh, it's probably one of the ones we've already talked about, but with Prince uh, playing guitar wow. on stage with her, and he's he's chewing gum, like, very loudly, like, <laughs> not not vocally loudly, but, you know, like, yeah, you know, really <laughs> making, making a lot of gestures. What a fuck you, that's crazy. <laughs> no, but, it, but he's, like, he's really being, like, coy about his stage presence, he's, like, yeah. letting, letting her take the lead, you know, but then she he's getting his licks in there with, you know... That's wild. Uh, yeah, oh, was it, was it a Tootsie Roll pop? She was holding it. <laughs> and it was very strange. But uh but but Minnie's a big Prince fan and I'm a big Cheryl Crow fan. So I just we watched this video in silence for a few seconds and then eventually I was just like, This reflects both our interests. Yeah. But that was it. That's the anecdote. I did see her one time at Ravinia, which is a venue in uh, the suburbs of Chicago. It's like an outdoor venue that has like a lawn area where you can like put a little picnic and you can bring wine or whatever. And then it also has like the pavilion. We were in the lawn. Sounds lovely. And it was raining. And it was a spiritual experience. It was like Damn. rain coming down while she's singing, leaving Las Vegas and all these songs. Yeah. I was like, that was like the best night of my life. I loved it so much. Just outdoor, Cheryl Crow. There's nothing like it. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I wonder if she still has most of the members of that band. Probably not. Yeah, I don't know. What I'd, I'd love to find that out. Yeah. Like who in Tuesday Night Music Club is still touring with her. I actually think one of them also <laughs> died. Uh, uh, who dated her? That's a, oh yeah. yeah, she is. A, yeah, there's also yeah. some some, some uh, Fleetwood Mac stuff going on there. <laughs> She's like yeah. that. Uh, what was that little doll, bird doll that told kids to kill themselves? <laughs> oh uh, fuck! What was it called? Momo or Momo? something? Yeah, she's like. Momo. Is that it? <laughs> something like that. FOMO. <laughs> it's not FOMO. <laughs> what the hell was it? I really hated it. God, you know what he's talking about? No. There's that weird smiling thing that yeah, was Momo. Telling, the Momo. Momo. Chip, this is it. It's fucking... Don't make him see it. They would edit it into videos, and the theory was that it was telling kids to kill themselves. Yeah, and, listen, and we, Tommy was mad, because that's his thing. <laughs> God, okay. 
<laughs> I don't want to look at that ever again. And uh, yeah, it's very uh, disturbing to look at. Um, but Momo really is a, Momo is a sponsor this week. <laughs> Stop picture, showing it to me. Picture Momo singing "All I Want to Do." It's not funny. It scares me, Tommy. I really don't like. It. Stop staring at it, you weirdo. I have to go. Oh, <laughs> uh, we got to kind of rush through the last uh, the rest of the songs. Okay, cool. We're already almost. We're about an hour. So in. we have one more from Tuesday Night Music Club. Yes, we yeah. have strong enough. We could also do part two to get to the self title. And this song is also about. Bubbles the champ. <laughs> Are you strong Gotta enough to feel go like to hell tonight? Tears of rage I cannot buy. I'd be the last to help you understand. Are you strong enough to be my man? My country singer wrote a sequel to this song is that right and it's terrible oh really who is, do you remember who yeah it's um i, for, I forget his last name it's, his first name's tim so how how hard could it be to, to narrow that down yeah. but no uh, it's not tim mcgraw maybe it was uh if you click on if you search yeah if you search i'm strong enough to be your man that was how unoriginal that title was <laughs> but he wrote a song called i'm strong enough to be your man it was tim something it's not good. It's in here. It came out in 2002, which was much later. Yeah. Let's see. Strong but this is a beautiful song. Great production as well. Travis Trick. Oh, I was way yeah. off. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. Tim anything. It was Travis. God. Travis what? Is that a Travis, Travis Tritt. Tritt? That's it, a guy. Is yeah. on Spotify? Let's see. Let's, Let's do see. it really quick. Yeah. yeah. Travis it's another What's one the of name those of it? Strong Enough to Be Your Man. <clears throat> it's a build to the chorus. Oh, I type think thing. I know this song. It's, it's bad. Song. The chorus is not terrible, but it's the the build up to it is rough. Here but it is. It's an answer song, <laughs> just like in the sixties. <laughs> just a YouTube video. Oh shit! Okay. I know there's times. This is bad. Can you even hold this up next to it? He, he could have borrowed the melody. Yeah, this is and, then, and then it would have been like an answer song. Yes, I Connected, not at connected all. at all. That's really. Funny. He claims it's an answer song. That's uh, yeah. That's the one fact on the Wikipedia. That's is it's really an answer funny. song. To, it's connected the he same way those it. movies are. The uh, shit. What was the shaky camera movie that had T.J. Miller? Cloverfield. Yeah, <laughs> it's, Cloverfield it's connected Paradise. the way that yeah, those yeah. sequels to that are. In the fifties and sixties, like you'd you'd hear like you'd hear a song like uh, "Mother-in-Law" by Ernie K. Doe, and then you'd hear a band like the Blossoms do "Son-in-Law." 
and it was based on like the same. Direct, yeah. It was like a key change, but the same melody. And you could like buy these records, and it was like, oh, isn't this a novelty? Like these are the answer songs, right? But that is not even close. Yeah, yeah. And it's bad. Oh, Travis. B a d, but not Michael Jackson bad. <laughs> Which, by the way, I never answered that question. I think she was just put on the spot, and she felt bad because she kind of knew this guy, and she she he kind of helped her get a career, and she was like, "Yeah, I'll call in." Probably like her publicist last minute just asked her to do that, and she was kind of put on the spot, and she wasn't really sure if she should, but ended up doing it. That's what that was my defending her for the Michael Jackson thing. Okay, half an hour late. <laughs> Sorry. So this is uh, speaking of answer songs. So I found something <laughs> on the internet, and it's that uh, someone had tweeted at Cheryl Crow when Kid Rock was going to run for Senate. Like, oh, uh, Cheryl Crow must be rolling in her grave hearing this news. And she decided to write an answer song to that. Yes. <laughs> or a retort that she posted. Did she first say, I'm not dead? Uh, oh, this wait, is this strong enough. No, no, I hadn't started it yet. <laughs> Did she first clarify that she was alive? Yeah, I mean, she was <laughs> tweeting. <laughs> okay. So, yes. Okay, here it is. Because that would have been my first tweet. Better songs of her later career, I think. And I love that she's rocking like a giant Fender P bass. She's playing bass in this. It is interesting. You're they pan around and she had a 12 string this time. Like, switch the instruments on. In case uh, the audio quality wasn't great, I'm going to read the lyrics really quick. Uh, <laughs> I certainly was confused when I saw your tweet today. How when I see the headline, I'll be rolling in my grave. If Kid Rock runs for Senate, I wouldn't be surprised. But not over my dead body, because, dude, I'm still alive. I kind of hate when somebody says, dude, to be honest. <laughs> you know where she found those lyrics? It was in a book of poetry. <laughs> <laughs> An ancient book. Okay. No credits right. went to that person, though. <laughs> still struggling. So we yeah. have two songs left. Uh, we have to rush through them a little bit. but That's all right. Uh, we're moving. Or I come back. I would love if you, you came get back. Me, you get me to yeah, come back for albums too, maybe, <clears throat> or maybe right. for a wallflower episode. Ooh, that. that's a good idea. Do that. Uh, It'd be a shorter episode, but I could do. That. No, it has to be longer. <laughs> 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 All right, let's hear uh, if it makes you happy. That's we haven't listened to that yet, right? Oh, I guess not. Weird. Oh, we have three left, so let's go a little quick. Sure. So that was uh, if it makes you happy. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of Beach Boys tickets to still give away here. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta hit the post. Z100.
that you guys did that. I love that song. All right, let's we can it's such do a I love that's this is my favorite song on the playlist. There's no hiding it. Just uh, I really do love that song. Day. Yeah, it's it's, it's her it's her greatest song. It's, so good. I think it's wow. it's her greatest song. That is my go-to karaoke song. Not that yes. I not that I even do karaoke a lot. We're gonna do karaoke right after this. <laughs> We're <laughs> Fuck in your rush, other we'll pod. Yes. All right. Uh, this is every day is a winding road. Big tune. Big dri- Good. Great driving song. You know. Sure. And a, l- a little tribute to um, sympathy for the, for the devil here. A little bit. You know. Little quote maybe. <laughs> he just plays he her song. <laughs> <I'm not sure. laughs> next next episode, girl talk. <laughs> Guys talk about girls. <laughs> oh yeah. And again, how clear are the drums? How clear is the percussion? Staple the nineties. So she could have totally done a uh, Steve Martin reference there and been like, everybody gets small <laughs> if she wanted to. <laughs> but I bet that haunts her to this day. There was a Cheryl Crow. There's the guy there. killing himself, and then there's the Steve Martin reference way above it. The two regrets. Yeah. Sure, it wouldn't have rhymed, but. <laughs> All right, let's hear A Change Would Do You Good on 91.5 W. <laughs> C-S-T. I don't know what that would say. <laughs> I would say the album cover for the self-title is a little scary. I don't... Th- I want yes. to know a backstory on that. I don't think she loved that album cover. because It's the, not good. The it makes album look like Momo. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong after after learning what Momo is. That's a, be- up Momo. that's a better album cover right there. Momo scares me, all right, Tommy? I'll admit it. Is that what you want, you sick fuck? <laughs> this is... I think what I see in this album cover is a record executive being like, well, you have to look more like Alanis Morissette or this isn't fair or this isn't going to sell albums. Yeah. Right. Liz Fair hadn't fair. broke commercially yet. That happened in the early 2000s. So I think there was pressure from like other Lilith Fair superstars yeah. of that era. Like, yeah. you know, Tuesday Night Music Club, one of the greatest album covers, I think, of the 90s. That's, awesome, yeah. That's a great album cover. This one, not so much. While this is playing, let's do some ratings. Yeah, so we, uh, before we do it really quickly, any last words before we give our ratings? We rate the playlist any out of six. Any last words? Yeah. <laughs> You're going to show Momo. me Momo again. <laughs> I'm never leaving. Yeah. Momo is on the next episode. <laughs> oh, gosh. I never want to. Can't. It's one of those things you can't unsee. But, um, yeah, I unironically love Cheryl Crow. I've always said that about Cheryl Crow. There's no irony to this, okay? I'm just a fan. I just like her music, and it's good, and it's like good pop country rock. You know, I think it's like a, a, a modern-day successor to, like, CCR even, or, like, those great, you know, kind of stonery um, country rock albums of the 70s totally. that I, like, love, you know? Like, um, I don't know. It's, you know... Is Tuesday Night Music Club Sweethearts at the Rodeo? Maybe not that that level, but it's like 
it's definitely got some something about it, and self-titled is equally good, I think. It also maybe reminds me of, of a band I was in at one point in my life with a singer that was in this kind of a range, somewhere between her voice and Courtney Love, and I miss playing with those guys. Uh, I'm a drummer, the big reveal. Uh... I play drums. So... I do miss playing this kind of music, and it, it brings me back there. It brings me back to being a kid, listening to it on the radio. Yeah, uh, listening to it throughout, you know, whatever time of my life when when I was like, you know, Cheryl Crow's still good, and having a best friend yeah. in high school who was yeah. like, yeah. And when we got our licenses, like, unironically putting these CDs in the car yeah, yeah, and like yeah. driving with the windows down <laughs> and be like, yeah, we're the punk kids from high school, and we listen to this. Oh, yeah. Yes. But then like going back and like having played a similar type of music and been like, I've been a fan of this all along, and that's why I like this music. That's all. That was beautiful. Um, yeah, man. it is great drive music. I love Cheryl Crow too, unironically, and I. This is actually the only song I don't love of the playlist. So I don't. I just don't. This one never did it for me. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm gonna go five point two five. Damn, very high rating. That's a high rating for the Mac Man. It's out of six. Um, I have got to commend you. I wasn't expecting to like this playlist as much as I did because I, I, when I think of uh, Cheryl Crow nowadays, I think of uh, Soak Up the Sun, and I, I know. fucking hate that song. Remember, remember that SNL skit? Um, it was a fake commercial with Will Ferrell, and it was songs that ruined everything. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't think it ruined everything, but it was it was the top. It was like a thing that like messed with the infrastructure that then like yeah. in hindsight it's not that bad like it's fine going back yeah. it's like oh this is like better than maybe some of her other newer stuff yeah yeah and it had some good production value and like you know there was like a guest star on it i forget who it was that was like playing basketball in the near like outside the the studio they, they recorded it. i forget yeah, who it yeah, was yeah. Uh, anyway we're not talking about that song but <laughs> but yeah I, I i agree that 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 song kind yeah. of uh, turned things uh it was a winding yes. road. Yes, it yes. was. After that, but I also I, hated First Cousin of the Deepest. I think that cover sucks. Oh, but just yeah, to be yeah, fair, yeah. Balanced, yeah, that way, like our friends at Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> who covered? Who was the original? Well, isn't that a? Oh, you're right. Uh, Rod it's, Stewart. Yeah, or someone. Is like it that. Rod Stewart? It's Let's not see. a good song. It, it was a misstep for sure. I'm looking it up now because that's going to drive me crazy. It is Rod Stewart. Oh, wait, wait. Rod yeah, Stewart. Yeah, I think it is Rod Stewart. No, well, first it might be somebody Pat before Stevens, that. then Rod Stewart. Ah, uh, okay. Wow, okay. So I'm going to go... Uh, written by Cat Stevens, okay. And give this... I think I'm going to go like 4.25. I really liked it more than I thought I would, but I don't... I still don't truly love a lot of the stuff. I do love Strong Enough. I really love If It Makes You Happy. The rest of it, it uh, adds up to that. Uh, but yeah, this is a great time. Thanks so much for coming on, man. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Let me plug for Pat really quick. Yes. And just to say that Meet My Friends the Friends, the podcast he's part of, is one of the funniest podcasts, full stop. It's insanely funny if you haven't listened to it yet. It's not like any other podcast, and you have to listen to all of them because it's a narrative, and it's so fucking funny. So to listen to that. Thank you. I will say. Yeah, the best show uh, I produce, and that's every Tuesday night, 9 to midnight. Oh, yeah. Thebestshow.net. Uh, Meet My Friends is kind of like a, <clears throat> started as a Patreon spinoff uh, kind of, thing but it's it's yeah as th- thank you for saying that it's it's ends up being one of the things i'm proud of uh more proud of in the last few years than anything else it's just like a weird parody of a podcast i guess yeah. and it's it's a i don't know it's twin peaks meets a recap podcast yes. <laughs> meets, yeah, so funny. i don't know but um yeah uh i don't know what else to plug um you could find me on twitter 1-800-PAT-BURN yes uh, instagram is pat underscore burn 
I should probably just get both, make the, both the same. At some <laughs> yep. point. No, I'm in the same boat. You I know? have an A in one, and I don't. Yeah. Like I have a middle initial in one, and don't. I'm at Momo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, All right, yeah, new rule: that. no more Momo talk. Okay, we're getting we're no, getting okay. closer to my album recording. Yes. June 13th. I'm very oh, excited. I'll be there. And you know who else will be there? Mindy. Yes, <laughs> we'll be taking pictures. Hell yeah! Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm well, you're, you're a great stand-up. Oh, thanks. So I much, recommend man. seeing that man. Yes, can't wait. Come see the Mac Man. I'll be opening those shows. Gonna be fun time. Come out. Forward to seeing you. Yeah, it'll be a great time. Um, what else? Uh, that's it. Let's. <laughs> that's it. Check out the Patreon. We got some more ups coming. Uh, thanks for listening. We love you. Keep it crispy. Bye. You will be king. Take the stage. And her. Yes, you. She will be queen. No, nothing will tear them away. We could be heroes just for one day. Come on, everybody. We can be heroes just for one day. That's right. We could be heroes just for one Oh!